The sort of formula we're given for a successful, happy life mm. just doesn't fit with the spiritually minded person. You know, that you, this, even some of the, you know, have a family, have a, a decent income, have a you know, home, have a, etc., just isn't enough. It's not a bad thing, it's just not enough. For the, av for the really spiritually minded person, and I was one of those. Mm. So I do remember sort of getting up one day, one day at the age of 14, and thinking, well, no, hang on, what really is the purpose of life? The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body Mind Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network and Oneness Talk Radio. I love the posts I picked up for this week. I thought there were so many themes that uh, people would really resonate with, really relate to, probably oh, from great. their own experience. Good. And the title of this post was, What Got You Into Spirituality? Mm. So uh, this person says, curious to hear your story. So then there's a whole, whole number of responses here. And I thought I'd just maybe read one or two, and then we can respond to them and just, you know, how sure. they might have related. Yeah. So this person says, um, I was born into a religious family and struggled to accept many aspects of religion as I grew older and started questioning things myself. I like the openness and freedom that I feel being spiritual. I pick what I want to believe and the spiritual rituals or activities I choose to engage in are done 100% because I want to, not because I feel like I have to, which was my case with religion. I thought there's a couple of themes there. I mean, yeah. it is interesting, you know, many people obviously today are born into religious families and um, I think anyone with sort of like a yearning for truth within them starts to feel this sort of dissonance with the teaching mm. that they're being given, not getting the answers to the questions that they're asking. You know, I think you might have even said that as part of your experience as well. Yeah, well, in my, my case, um, I, I was brought up in a Christian family. Mm. I was actually confirmed into the church by the Archbishop of Canterbury. And I, okay. had, <laughs> I had... Well, I was at a school which was connected see, to, the, to that okay. cathedral. And I... Um, I knew that, I mean, actually, the, the classes were taken by the dean. I was, you know, at the age, I was thinking I might be a priest. I was spiritually inclined. One thing that, you know, I, I think we need to make clear straight away, and I'm sure a lot of our people who watch this and listen will know this, you know, the sort of formula we're given for a successful, happy life mm. just doesn't fit with the spiritually minded person. You know, that you, this, even some of the, you know, have a family, have a, a decent income, have a you know, home, have a, etc., just isn't enough. It's not a bad thing. It's just not enough for the, for the really spiritually minded person. And I was one of those. Mm. So I do remember sort of getting up one day, one day at the age of 14, and thinking, well, no, hang on, what really is the purpose of life? Yeah. And it was that clear. And the, the day before, I hadn't bothered me. And then it did. <laughs> and okay. um, that's all I really wanted to know. And I had a couple of disappointments. The main disappointment, well, first of all, I found people didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. you know, I spoke to the dean of the cathedral. And without going into it all, I knew that he didn't really know. And he, from my point of view, he didn't. Yeah. So I knew I couldn't be... Uh, you know, priest in that church. Yeah, I was very it. sad about that. Again, is not to, you know, downplay those who have that faith, but it just wasn't for me. 
It didn't answer my questions. And he, and he knew it didn't, the dean, and he didn't even try to answer them. He just told me not to think about it. Oh, really? Okay. That was, you know, the 14-year-old boy. Yeah. And I tried various other people, obviously. And that was one thing that people didn't really know. The other thing was that they didn't care. Mm. That upset me far more. Most adults, most people, but especially adults, they weren't concerned with that really. It was a, maybe a talking point sometimes, mm. but really what they were concerned about was the things we've talked about, you yeah. know, family, yeah. money, you know. And that's generic, that's across the world. I mean, isn't it extraordinary that nearly everyone who's religious chooses, chooses the religion of their birth? Mm. That shouldn't be. Yeah. If they yeah. were a true seeker, They've got no more reason to believe in the faith in which they were born than any other faith. Absolutely. And it shows they don't really look into it. Yeah. And I, I observe people who, you know, are pretty savvy because my father was pretty well connected in the political establishment in Britain. And, uh, you, know, there were, you know, there were people that I was meeting who were, through him, who were very uh, successful, uh, very intelligent. You couldn't sell them a dodgy car or a right. bad business deal, and yet they'd fall for what I could see was clearly not convincing. Yeah. And but they didn't care, so they didn't really question it. So, oh no, look, you know, I'm of this church. Now they wouldn't be probably because culture has changed and religion has lost its influence. But mm. in those days, the 1960s and so on, it still did. So. When I was 14, um, I thought, no, I, I looked to the East, which was a quite trendy then, actually, because the Beatles had gone to oh, yeah. the Maharishi and so forth. And, but for me, it wasn't a trend. I really meant it, because most people, it's just a fashion, and they finished, and probably now they're, um, oh, well, they went into the city or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I meant it. And I, so I, I went through the yoga path, and then I came across the aphorisms of Patanjali. Mm. And that was... Uh, through Swami Vivekananda. Okay. And he said a wonderful thing, actually, which is it's not enough to believe in God or have faith in God. You've actually got to see God. I love that. Um, and I'd go further. You can actually see God. I know that. Mm. But you got, I would say you know God mm. is how I'd rather word that. Mm. He may have said that too. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, so I thought, I, I read these, and I was at university by then, and I thought, ah, this is, yeah. I'm going to do this because through this, I won't just have belief, have faith. I'll actually know. There was a version of that actually published by Christopher Isherwood, the writer, and he had the title, How to Know God. That's and that's idea. my favourite mm. title, I think, mm. of all time. Mm. Uh, so I thought I'd do that. And virtually the next day, I came across the Aetherius Society through my good friend John Holder. I went actually to a Buddhist and Vedanta meeting. Oh, yeah. Instead of hearing about Buddhism and Vedanta, I heard about the Aetherius Society. Amazing. And then, without going into the whole story, I tried what he, he told us to do. It worked. I felt it. I knew it. But the big thing was I re did recognize, and I could see that service was actually more important than me going down that route of knowing God even mm, mm. that you know I realize now though that through service is how you know God right, right and I've right. discovered that and I've discovered it for sure quite recently it's taken me a long time but I've got there and it is real and you can know God I think that's a great there's mm. a great lesson there because um you know going back to those people who kind of just they accept the religion of their birth and even though they may seem very discerning in other areas of life they just sort of they just follow a religion blindly and i, yeah. I think you're right people just don't really care they don't really see it as real anyway no. they don't really take it to the point they're where hedging their bets 
just in case it's true. Yeah, just yeah. in case it's true. Yeah. You know, at least I'm covered there, and maybe yeah. you know I can explain. And it's a this. nice family occasion. It's Christmas. Let's yeah. all go to church and hear yeah. some carols. And I've got yeah, yeah, so, or whatever faith they're in. Yeah. And I just think, and and obviously there's a real distinction between that and actually um, this devotion to a life of service through which you can know God through direct experience, and that is as yeah. real as it gets. You know, I think that's, that's real. And um, yeah, for anyone with a spiritual leaning, spiritual bent, spiritual yearning for for truth and for God. It's, yeah, they're never going to be satisfied with just the philosophical aspect of religion more as an intellectual pursuit yeah. rather than like, no, no, this is what life is really about, um, the realization yourself of what God And really before is. you get to that stage, you, you will have other experiences mm. and they are sometimes given to encourage you. Mm. Uh, visions, um, and in the case of um, the yoga school, you might say, seeing the white light in the third eye, or what appears to you anyway at that point to be the third eye, seeing the light in your head. We get many uh, emails, don't we, at Spiritual yeah. Freedom Show from people yeah. who are having these experiences, yeah. feeling, and, the, and perhaps the most important of all, actually, feeling the power of prayer. Mm. The psychic stage is an essential stage. It's spelt out in the fourth freedom. Mm. It, it's, it's not a thing you can bypass, and you can soon discriminate quite easily from people who say they're enlightened, but they aren't fully enlightened. They might be in a good place, but they're not fully enlightened by the fact they haven't been through that psychic stage in one way or another. Certainly don't have to go to the length that I've gone into it because I really wanted to. Mm. That's not necessary for everybody. Mm. But certainly praying correctly is a psychic experience as well as everything else that yeah, it is. You're feeling, too. you can attest yeah, to that, yeah. you're feeling the energy you know it's there. Yeah. It's, it, it's a physical sensation that you're having. Yeah. At least it certainly feels like one. Yeah. And it can be one. Um, so these are real forces that you're starting to tap into as, as you advance. Now, I was talking to somebody not very long ago, and a very a good friend of mine, actually, but not someone who's on the spiritual path. They're an artist, in fact. Oh, yeah. And they said to me, you know, they always remember a vision they had when they were... This person's older than I am, so I won't say how old that is. <laughs> but they said, I always remember a vision I had when I was 18, which has changed my life, and I always refer back to it. And it was a, a spiritual vision that they'd had. And, you know, so that's great in a way, but I'm also thinking to myself, well, you know. And then what? Yeah, what, are you, aren't you having one every week? Or aren't you, you know, what's, <laughs> yeah. or not maybe every week, but yeah. more than that. Yeah. And if you get onto this path, earnestly, you'll be having experiences on an ongoing basis mm. of one kind or another. Uh, and you go through that stage. Now, it's not in order to be psychic at all. That's not the aim of it. It's in order to heal mm. or in order to pray, in order to serve in some way, in order to be able to give good intuitive guidance or make very important decisions if you're in a certain position, which really matter yeah. with the, you know, the ability to do so because of your intuition as well as your intellect. It's things like that. And by the way, let's not neglect the development of intellect. One of the things that's in, in the nine prisms actually is that you need to um, develop with intelligence. That's not the exact phrase, but you need to use your intelligence Cultivate, I think it is, it's enlightenment with intelligence as well as other qualities. Yeah. Um, all those things have to be developed along the way. And in the end, yes, we'll get there. Yes, we'll know God. But how did it start? Well, you know, I think everyone's different. But it, one of the things will be 
breaking free from conditioning. Mm. It's clearly spelt out in the first freedom. Mm. Getting rid of fear. And having that passionate desire. No, well, this is a bit off topic, but one of the things that I cover a lot are UFOs, certainly in the media, yeah. the last time. And, you know, what, what, it's interesting because in 2021, the American government basically came out and admitted that UFOs exist, or UAPs as they call them, and that an element, a number of those they can't explain. They're not balloons, such as you know, we've heard recently, about recently. Yeah, yeah. There's something else going on, and they have superpowers, supernormal powers, supernormal abilities. You'd think then, having had that revealed, and quite widely revealed, not least by the Ethereum Society, but by many major news organisations, mm -hmm. that the world would then go, right, now what does this mean? Who are they? Who are the people who claim to have had contact with them? And what have they discovered? But no. So it goes to show that for most people, that topic is just purely a kind of a game, mm. a bit of speculation. And once somebody comes out, they go, oh, and then they move on back to their football match or their, you know, whatever it is they're doing. It's, it's a great analogy, I think, for what can even happen on an individual level in your own life. You know, you yeah. have an experience that you cannot explain in, yeah. any, in any kind of reasonable scientific way mm. um, because it's... It, you know, maybe you, it's some extraordinary synchronicity, or you have a you have a vision of somebody's past, or whatever it is. But then you sort of, you know, after tripping over that log, you just kind of keep walking on, and you don't stop to ask yourself the question, or even devote your life to trying to understand. So, what does this really mean? Yeah. I, I um, it, it just in my experience, I remember um, I think I was about 12 years old, and a, a friend of my parents. Um, had come round for dinner. My parents weren't there. I, I, they must have been out for the evening. He had kind of stopped by unannounced. And um, so we sat down and uh, we had dinner together. And about a couple hours in, he started telling me about the Rosicrucian Order. Probably he shouldn't have been telling me, but you know, he's like, I don't even know why I'm telling you this. Mm. It was like one of those things. Why right? not? And then so we talked for hours and I, 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 basically I, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. You know, like mm. I knew there was something. That's what I mm. thought. I just, I just knew it, and this guy has absolutely confirmed it to mm. me. He told me about, you know, Master Jesus and about mm. psychic powers and mm. telepathy, and telling me about people he's met and the abilities they had. And I just think, I just thought that that is it. I mm. mean, I remember when my parents came home the next day. I was like ecstatic. Yeah, I, I, twelve years old, mm. and so. And then um, well, that's you, you see. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, that's I, but, you. But there's also like a, a, a other lesson because I was like, I was so excited, but also. Um, and I kind of subscribed to them. And I started re receiving their booklets and stuff. But it was like, you know, the next seven years, I just didn't really pursue it. You know, the books kind of piled up yeah. at my bedside. And I, I, I remember I just sort of kept them there because it made me feel a little better about myself that I was still somehow hanging on by my fingernails to what I felt was destiny, you okay. know, that, that I felt was that's really what my life was about. But I just couldn't, you know, overcome whatever else was going on in my life at that time to devote myself to a real study and, and demonstrate a real interest in what I felt deep in my heart really mattered. Yeah. And it wasn't until a few years you know, after I graduated from university that that did happen mm -hmm. um, for, for other reasons. And, um, but I just thought, gosh, how many years were wasted in that time? Maybe I needed them, maybe I needed that experience, but you, you know, it's always better to have the wisdom and just to demonstrate it in the first place rather than... To, well, the to, point, you know, yeah. wh wh which I get from that is it has to be a passionate, a passion mm. for truth. Mm. It's not just an interest. Yeah. It's not just curiosity. It's not a, it's Some not people like, say exactly. the key is curiosity. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Curiosity will get you so far, but not very, very far. It's mm. okay. Mm. 
you've, I, I go back to the yoga, and I can understand this yogi in some strange way that Yogananda spoke about in his wonderful autobiography. Um, and he tells a story of somebody who, who went to this yogi to seek truth, uh, to make him his guru. And if I've got the story right, he took this, this person, this would-be student's head, and dipped it into a, a basin oh, yeah. or bucket of water until he could hardly breathe at all. You know, well, he couldn't breathe, but he thought, you know, <laughs> running he out was, of breath. might run out of breath. Yeah. And he pulled him out and said, when you were in there, what did you want most? And he said, breath, air. And the guru said, then go, because when you can say truth, I'll teach you. Mm. And Absolutely. It's, you know, that's a, a brilliant story, and they really understood it. In this day and age, we can't wait for people to be that desperate. Unfortunately, we, we have to have everyone who's willing to shoulder some of the wheel, yeah. to whatever extent they're willing to shoulder it. Yeah. But if you want to go all the way, you've still got to have that passion. If you want to know God, if you want to really take it to the ultimate degree, you have to have the kind of passion for truth that that student was asked to have. Yeah, and I think actually a counter to, to um, the earlier part of my story that I think really demonstrates this point is that uh, later in my life, uh, when I discovered the 12 blessings, for example, um, I would do that like multiple times a day. Like I'd drive home from lunch oh, yeah. at work and I'd come back and do it. Mm. Uh, and, you know, at night and on the weekends and I was, I was like, I just, I have to do this. Mm. And it was at that point that I really started to have many more psychic experiences, mm -hmm. could really start to feel my aura and, you know, the spiritual energy and the chakras and things. And so the more I, 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 I invested that passion in, in what I really felt was important, the more it started to give back to me in terms of experiences and confirmation mm -hmm. that, that this is really real. So I think, yeah, we start to have these experiences in the past, like you said, which are kind of encouraging along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a couple, other, a couple of other ones here that I'd like to read. This person says, you know, when I was 12, uh, my hippie uncle gave me a copy of The Third Eye by um, T. Lobsang Rampa, mm -hmm. and that book changed my view on what the world really was and what a human could actually do. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of going back to what I said, you know, we have these kind of experiences which can, can be a real crossroads for us. Mm. Like either you say, wow, that's, that's, I've just recognized something there and I mm -hmm. need to pursue it further. I need to, I need to know about this. Mm -hmm. Or you can just say, well, that, you know, and forget about it kind of the next day. And I think sometimes we can, you know, we can be going through life and kind of not really realize that we've just been presented with a crossroads like that. Mm. But it can, you know, that can be like an absolute making point of what, you know, what happens in the rest of our lives and, and how far we really go in terms of what life is really about. That's very true, yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I always think of this Proust I think it was Proust who, who said the secret is not seeing something like this, not seeing new vistas, mm. but looking through new eyes. Mm. And, you know, I, I was quite shocked when I found what was clearly and obviously to me true, namely the Ethereum Society in my case. And I took it to people who I thought would see it too, because it's pretty obvious it's straightforward and it answers all the questions that right. really the major ones did for me very early on and they couldn't see it and they don't see it and they disagree to this day mm. and that's their privilege to do so but it was as a young person it was quite a shock to me because it was to me so blindingly obvious yeah um and i think that's it's changing your vision from within yeah. That really counts. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great point. It's like, 
it's the internal perspective that you have that can suddenly see the world around you and whatever mm. you're being presented with in this new way. Mm. A similar story for this other person says, um, they said they went on a yoga teacher training from a tra with a traditional Indian teacher and they opened their eyes to other perspectives, ideas, and beliefs. So, it, you know, it's like they were, the, the, the transformation that was taking place within them having been exposed to these teachings meant that they just now had this completely mm. different outlook on, mm. on, on their life as well. Mm. Um, there's another... And I think to your point here, this person says, life never made any sense to me. Every day I was in awe of the mystery of life, yet everyone seemed to be carrying on about their lives as if it was all just perfectly normal. It baffled me, and it still does. And I think, you know, it's kind of like... It's again coming back to they don't care, yeah, don't care. enough yeah, yeah. Uh, to do it. And it, it's probably also, to be fair on them, strange, very strange to them when mm. some of us take avidly to the spiritual path. Yeah. And to them, they probably think, gosh, you're wasting your life. Exactly. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, you could be getting a speedboat. You could be whatever, you know. Um, and so it's all, it's all about the advancement of the individual, actually, how evolved they are. Um, you, you know, you hear about um, criminals who are given a chance in life they're put into another environment to give them a sort of rehabilitation, and you hear about sometimes they don't want it, and they'll go back mm. from that life to some really squalid existence because that's where they feel at home, which is very sad. It's a, it's a certain type of conditioning. Mm. Um, and the same is true on, 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 at every level. Um, the spirit, I mean, the Milarepa, oh, yeah. the great Tibetan yogi a thousand years ago, looked to most people like a sort of a waif and a stray and very, very thin and who'd want to be locked in a cave for six years, you know, and we wouldn't encourage that, by the way, especially now. Um, but the man was in the highest states of bliss and joy you can perceive mm. in, internally. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it, it goes back to what, again, to what life is really about, what does success really mean, even? Well, you know, we can answer that very simply from the nine freedoms, which is service, mm -hmm. you know, and um, the third freedom, which is also published in full in Realize Your Inner Potential, actually, the third freedom. Um, it spells it out. I mean, let's just take one little section at random here, almost. Um, there are no words great enough to describe the wonder of service. By your service, you can help to heal those who are sick, and you should. By your service, you can help to give encouragement and strength to those who are depressed and weak, and you should do this. By your service, you can throw a dazzling beam of scintillating white, vibrant energy into the darkness of a suffering world and raise it. And, you know, I think it would be good balance to some of the things we've been saying here to come in with this last statement that mm. Mars said to six maze, or almost last in the freedom. This declaration do I throw into every realm. I would inform those aspirants who, in total disregard of human needs, retreat into the wilderness. Come you hence, for you are fools. Mm. It's no longer, the sadhu life is no longer acceptable. And so the great thing is service, but the spiritual person can see the service that's really needed. Mm. Don't get me wrong, there's wonderful materialistic service, essential materialistic service being given medically, through aid, in, in many, many ways. Yeah, yeah. It's crucial. But the spiritual person, and there aren't that many who are inclined towards real, a life of spirituality, can see that what's also needed, needed as well as, and even more, because it's very rarely given, is spiritual service and karmic service, mm. 
changing the karmic pattern of the whole world. And that's enough to get us out of uh, you know, the path of development, the path of personal development, yeah. and to focus on others. But strangely, because what you reject is laid at your feet, yeah. it will take us right back to knowing God. Yeah, beautiful. I think it, it just brings us right back to the beginning here about, you know, what got you into spirituality, mm. which, which I think in essence is like truth and, and a desire to serve and help others. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's really about. Thank you, Richard, again. Thank you, Darren. Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, and your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedoms at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.